What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Robin Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And we're back for our first back-to-back episode in a very long time, multiple months. But we're back. We're back for the net. We're back for the month of December. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to all you uh, Outside the Arena fans out there. We're back. And, I mean, what a week it has been in the sports world. Some good, some bad, especially for uh, my New York Mets. We'll get into that in a little bit. We are going to start off with uh, the college football playoff because things have gotten very interesting since last week. Obviously, this week you have the conference title games. And last night we saw USC uh, get absolutely killed by the Utah Utes. I believe it was 47-24. Caleb Williams very banged up in that one. And then today... TCU, their perfect season came to an end. Kansas State in overtime wins 31 to 28. So, you know, last week after Ohio State got blown out, it seemed like they would be on the outside. Now they're, I think, comfortably 100% in the college football playoff. And I think it is a set we kind of spoke off air before that this playoff will be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU in some various order. What are your thoughts, Rob, on the, on the games this week? And obviously, USC, TCU, big losses there, but also just the college football, um, you know, appeared playoff and, you know, what the matchups might look like. Yeah, so I guess I'll start out with USC here. I mean, I think Caleb, well, the thing about USC is that they just had this unbelievable, like the Patrick Mahomes of college football, basically, to carry them throughout the whole year. But their Achilles so the whole year has been their defense, and it showed last night. Williams, despite playing on one leg the whole night, he still gave him 24 points to work with. I mean, the third and 19 changed the game last night for USC. Utah knew how to beat USC, and it was through just attacking them through the air over and over and over again. And they can't tackle. USC can't tackle. I mean, if you looked at that game last night, how many missed tackles? The touchdown to the tight end after USC got the momentum, like, they just complimentary football is not a strength of USC. And it, that can be said for a lot of these college football teams. Like Tennessee was a team that for a long time looked like a lock for the college football playoff and then gave up 63 points to South Carolina. Look, I think Alabama, like I think it really helps to have such as like a stout defense, especially this year. Cause I think defense across college football among the top teams is just declined so significantly. Like, and that's why I think Griff and I were talking about it before uh, before we came on air, like you say, Georgia's the clear favorite for this. I mean, I don't think there's there's any doubt. Obviously, followed by Michigan, the two undefeated teams. But look, Ohio State did them did enough during the regular season. They beat a top ten opponent on the road. That was their most important game. Of the, like I understand how important the game is, obviously, but they needed that game gave them a ton of insurance. Alabama has some good wins, but they don't have. The truth is, Alabama doesn't have a win over a top ten opponent on the road. They lost their game about against their top 10 opponents. They really don't have many, like, great wins. The Ole Miss win at at the time was impressive, and then they lost to Mississippi State. So that win has certainly gone down in its, you know, significance. But like you said, Alabama doesn't really have any significant wins. Now, do I think that Alabama is a better football team than TCU? Yes, I do. But does that mean that they deserve to be in over TCU? I, I don't think so. Like you said, I think the interesting thing that can be made about a team like, point that can be made about a team like USC is, can you really punish them for playing an extra game that o- that Ohio State didn't play? And I think that there's credence to that argument, except USC strength of schedule wasn't very strong. Like, it, it, if you're going to have – in order to compensate for that OSU win over Penn State, you need you needed to win that conference championship. You needed – they had a chance to redeem their one loss, essentially show off a spotless record to the committee, and they couldn't do it. I mean, I think TCU 
is going to be a little overmatched in the playoffs. I think if you want to talk about a team, I understand TC lost today, but Max Duggan had a heroic performance back there. I mean, that guy is, he was hurt. He was playing only and he, he threw for two, uh, 150 yards or 250 yards, ran for another 120. I mean, the guy is a word. And like, I think TCU got screwed at the end of that game. I think on third down they were in, but I think all they needed to do was not to lose by 30. And like you said, I think those four teams are almost a guaranteed in. And if I, Griffin and I were talking about it before, but the significance of a Michigan Ohio state game in the playoff, which looks like would be the, looks like that would be the case right now. would just be absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, you said it pretty well, like USC, um, they controlled their own destiny and, yeah, uh, it just happens. Caleb Williams, incredible season. You know, he his name's going to be, you know, right up there with the Heisman. Uh, you know, I guess he's probably still the favorite, but like, I don't yeah, know. I would, I would think so. He's still, I think, you know, him and, Duggan, him and Max Duggan. I Duggan. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe CJ Stroud's still up there somewhere. Yeah. Um, B. John also. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough loss. They they played pretty bad after starting out, you know, that, that they had a good first quarter and then you know, from there, it was just a disaster, especially at the end of the game. I mean, Utah just kept pouring, pouring and pouring on kind of very symbolic of the uh, Ohio state Michigan game from the week before yeah. how it just like, you know, it was close for a while and then it just, you know, got out of control at the end. Um, yeah. So they're not going to be in obviously Ohio state, uh, you know, say what you want about them. They obviously had that, you know, very bad, big, bad loss to Michigan. Michigan's the number two team in the country at the end of the day. Like, that loss is like you're not losing to some bad school or someone around the 10 or 15 mark. You know, they lost to a team that's going to be in the playoff and they lost to the top, you know, two opponents. So they're going to be in, uh, I think, unquestionably. And they would be in regardless of what happened today. TCU should also be in. Um, I don't think the committee, the way they've, you know, been talking is going to take a, a two loss Alabama over one loss TCU. TCU lost by three points in their, you know, conference championship game. Like they're safe. Against a team they already beat this year, by the way. So, like, that's another yeah. important No, their TCU is good. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to see, you know, Georgia and Michigan. Uh, to be honest, I think no matter what that is, we're going to see Michigan-Ohio State. Um, <laughs> it's just going to happen. Like, if Georgia somehow loses tonight and Michigan wins, um, I'll put Ohio, State, put Ohio at State at four. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to happen at this point. With the TCU loss, they can now essentially – manipulate it uh, whatever way they want uh, to get Michigan, Ohio state, which I'm expecting to to get, which is going to be crazy. Let me ask you really a big chance for Ryan day. I mean, Ryan day, you know, you had people calling first head. Now he squeaks back in. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, he to prove himself here. I mean, this yeah, is... I mean, obviously that first, I believe it was his first year with Justin Fields. They go to the college football yeah. playoff, you know, beat Clemson and, one of the most impressive quarterbacking performances I think I'd seen in college football. Um, And then last year they lose to Michigan and, and you lose to Michigan again, but now if you have the chance to beat Michigan, I mean, this is, this is the one that, you know, obviously that one matters, but this is like, if you win this one, you have, you know, the big last lap and, you know, you can almost, you can't erase those two losses from the last two years, but like it it would do a lot to, uh, to keep his job. I think, I mean, he would, He's got a, a huge opportunity here, this Ohio State team. And this is where it gets interesting. And this is, you know, I think Michigan's really good. And, and their defense is spectacular. The running game is spectacular. We saw J.J. McCarthy in that Ohio State game. He was fantastic. It gets interesting 
because I think if Ohio State gets guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba and Trevion Henderson back, like that offense is like mm-hmm. arguably the best in the country. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting, and that's where you know I would favor Michigan still. But at the end of the day, like Ohio State, let's say this team does beat Michigan. I think they're the one team in the tournament that would have a chance, a slim chance against Georgia just because of that offense. And I think they're the only ones that would maybe be able to crack through, but their defense is really suspect. And I think that's going to really hurt them. And, you know, it very well might be the same result. I mean, Michigan has ran over them two consecutive games uh, over the last two years. And, you know, Blake Corm's not going to be playing, but it didn't matter in the game yeah, this I mean, season. So, Donovan, yeah, Donovan. We're, we're going to really see Donovan Edwards. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a star. And it's going to be interesting, though, because, you know, they're going to be able to make adjustments with the same roster. You know, it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that game goes. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason I wanted to see you uh, actually speak it out last night, because I really did want to see Caleb, a healthy Caleb Williams matched up against that Georgia defense. But, yeah, I mean, I think Georgia's the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite going into yeah. this. And if I had to say, I, I'd probably take Michigan again in a rematch, although I think it'll be a very close game, much closer than the last time. Yeah. Um, the thing about – I do want to touch on expansion really quickly because I think it's always important when to talk about this. Like, I understand – I was saying that we were – this is another thing we are talking about all fair before, but I just think – I don't know. I, 12 teams is way too much to me. Way, way, way too much. Are – like we're having trouble finding four worthy teams this year, and people will say, "Oh, it's reason for expansion," but I disagree. There are only two teams worth anything this year in the regular season that showed you, especially if they both win tonight. And I, you know, I, I'm sorry to say, but but Michigan and Georgia, I think, are so clearly the two superior teams to everyone else in the country during the regular season. Yeah. I, and next year you're going to muddle the waters with 12 teams? I don't get that. I don't. It'll be fun from my perspective. It'll be fun from a viewer's perspective. And Griffin obviously brought up the point that he would rather see, which I love, the you know the uh, FCS format of actually hosting playoff games at yeah. home field, which I would love. I would love to see that. I think that would be great. And and the other FCS thing is they only have eight teams in the playoffs. If they were going to copy and they wanted to expand, but. They have 16 and then they cut it down to eight, but it's like the eight teams get it's it's a weird format in the FCS. But like, yeah, I would just do what they do. Like, if you're gonna expand the playoffs, 12 is such an odd number to me. Like, and I think this is a type a kind of year that proves it. Why does let's do currently the number 12 ranked team in the country is sorry. I saw I I don't know off the top of my head. Probably like, like Kansas State. <laughs> Kansas like State's Florida State and Washington. Why do I need to see Florida State get destroyed by Ohio state or Michigan. I don't need to see that. Yeah. It, it's really interesting. It's definitely, I think 12 is too much to me. Eight was the number. If we're, if they were going to expand, which I don't think, it, I, I think expansion's fine. I think it makes it more interesting, allows more teams, you know, it, it is. I do understand the point where having the same four teams play every year, it, it does like get a little annoying and, and, you know, you don't love it. Um, so introducing like four more teams where there's, you know, you get more people involved and it, you know, generates more hype, even if it just ends up being the same kind of teams in the final. Um, I, I would be on board for that, but 12 teams is just too much for me. Um, like you said, like it's, it's just, there's just going to be a huge like range of, of talent and, you know, there's going to be years where there's upsets. Don't get me wrong. Like we're going to see like, you know, 
I, and I do think sometimes like these 10 or 12 seeds are like better than these rogue, like Cincinnati or like a TCU team yeah, that sure. we see. Like I, I do, I do think it'll be interesting, but like, I, I just think 12 is a little too much. I would per- personally prefer eight. I think eight would be really interesting, especially this year. I think eight would be fantastic looking at like you had USC, Alabama in there, maybe Tennessee, LSU potentially like teams like that. I think this year eight would be super interesting. So I think eight's a great number. Obviously they're going with 12. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like the home playoff games is going to be awesome. And I understand it's a money-making thing. I understand that the, uh, you know, uh, semi and, and finals should be probably in a, a neutral spot, but I don't know. I think the home playoff games is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, well, yeah, we'll definitely talk about uh, once we get the official bracket. I guess it'll be next. Is the selection show tomorrow? Um, or is yeah. it next weekend? No, tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, next week, um, we'll definitely break it down and. Obviously, there's going to be a, a month or so until the game's about New Year's Eve. So, um, but yeah, uh, college football playoff definitely a crazy weekend. Um, good for the Buckeyes, and uh, yeah. So, moving on, we're going to talk some World Cup. Uh, you know, soccer on this podcast—that's a first. But um, obviously, today didn't go the United States way. They were eliminated in the round of 16 after a three-one loss to the Netherlands. Really tough game, to be honest. I mean, you have Christian Pulisic, you know, within the first two minutes, really having a wide open shot. Um, you know, U.S. had so many chances throughout this game. Uh, and the Netherlands, just three goals where, the, I mean, their guys were essentially wide open and, and uncontested. Yeah. Can't blame it on Matt Turner. He had a great, you know, great run in this uh, in this tournament. Your thoughts on the uh, the run of the United States? I mean, they, they had some really good games. Obviously, the tie against England. Uh, you know, the win against Iran. They only lost one game in the four games they played. No, yeah, you know, no, it was a really, really strong performance and, you know, a bright future, hopefully for 2026 when it's actually in the States. No, look, I, I agree with you 100%, Griffin. The, the, the midfield is really strong. I mean, Adams, McKinney, and Musa really, like, they they were, they showed up in every game they played. I mean, the U.S. is almost 60% of the ball today. They created more chances. The defending from the United States is just atrocious. The guys are just not up to quality back there. Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman, I, I, they're just not up to par with the rest of the team. They're not. These are the rest of these guys. I understand that Tim Ream obviously plays for Fulham, but in England. But look, the, the the defensive partnership is just not up to par with the rest of the team. The U.S. played well today, like you said. Obviously, they missed the, the Netherlands took their chances and we missed them. Like, but I think overall we were in that game with them. I, I yeah. really do. We couldn't shoot the whole tournament. We couldn't finish the whole tournament. We scored, you know, we scored three times in four games. It's not gonna. It's, it's not gonna cut it sometimes. And I think, like I said, I just think that the defensive partnership was so bad today. Because I think the midfield. But I, I'm very optimistic for 26, 2026 if they can really develop some center backs because that midfield, all each twenty three and under, has a very bright future. All guys that are going to be playing it. You know, two guys that already are playing well, they're all playing in top top level European clubs. McKenney obviously at Juventus, but these are all going to be ties that are going to be among the best in the world. Adams, McKenney, and Musa like these are legit stars combined with some. You know, Giovanni Reina was a player that I would have liked to see a little more of. Obviously, he has a massive injury from right by me. He's like basically from my hometown, really. Bedford, New York, yeah, yeah. Giovanni Reina, obviously. 
he's the most talented American soccer player maybe ever, but he can't stay healthy. The guy got transferred to Dortmund at 17. He just can't stay healthy. It's it's unfortunate. And obviously, you would have liked to see him more this tournament. And the U.S. needs a striker. Haji right? I understand. Look, great effort. You're not a World Cup quality striker. We need to develop a nine and we need a new center back pairing. And I think really, I really do believe that we'll be able to compete once we get them, because I think I've been, I've criticized Greg Berhalter, obviously the U S coach plenty of times, but I I didn't think the game plan was bad at all today. I really think that center back partnership let them down. Yeah. I mean, they just, I mean, guys were just wide open in the box. And I mean, especially that goal at the end of the first half, I mean, they, they were just walking. I mean, uh, I get guys are tired, but you have one minute in stoppage time. Like, yeah, that can't happen. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, this team just had an inability to score, and you know that was the problem. Like once they went down, even like one zero today, it was like, oh, yeah, right. like, this is going to be like really tough to uh, to get the win, especially two zeros. Like even with all the chances they were getting, and there was just times in this tournament where there was just an inability to shoot. Like they just could not pull the trigger in, and. Agreed. You know, we saw when they like we saw Tim Way today just pulled the trigger on that shot. You know, fires one in. Obviously, you know it gets saved, but like I, I liked when him or like Pulisic, um, Pulisic would would just shoot the ball. Like it, even if you're you know, like I, missing, it's just like the problem is that the problem is they just well, like I was saying they don't have a they don't have a decisive number nine. They don't have a striker. They they, yeah. they really they they need a top quality striker because the UST hasn't made runs in the past, but you have guys who are like among. Like this midfield, I'm telling you, they can base a generation's worth of success off of this midfield. They are legit players. These guys are insanely talented teams. They're valued highly by clubs around the world, not just Americans. Like when you have a midfield like this, you can't fumble this and you need to find a number nine. U.S. soccer development needs to be committed to finding a striker because I think we'll be able to eventually find a center back during, but the number, a number nine would have made such a huge difference in this tournament because there, there were a lot of good passages of play from the United States, but they just couldn't finish at the end of the day, like like we've been saying. Yeah, I mean, there there was so many chances today, especially. I mean, it, it was just really tough. Um, I mean, the Netherlands are a great team, obviously. Yeah. You got, you know, Virgil van Dyke in the backfield, you know, Frankie de Jong. I mean, the names go on, even for the casuals like myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was going to always be a tough one. Um, I think it's at least positive that they made it to the round of 16. Um, and you know, that you got to take a positive out of it. I do think 2026 that's going to really be this team's chance, yeah. Because at that point, you this team is very young, so they're all going to be basically yeah, still in their prime. Then, third youngest team at the world cup, so that's yeah, exactly. So, next, next 2026 is going to be their best shot. And then yep. obviously, you know, after that 2030, you know, they'll probably still be good, but 2026 is when it's really going to be their best shot. Um, I mean, today, just the the right side of the field to me is just like so much better with like Tim Wea and Sergino Des. Like those guys are just miles yeah, above what, uh, what's his yeah. name on the left? I mean, that guy is, he would. Robinson, Anthony Robinson. Is that your time? Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I don't think he's anything special to be honest. I mean, he didn't really show. I feel like whenever he had the ball, it was just like, funny he's oh well yeah i mean he's a fine player but like i think what we saw from guys like you know sergino dest or or tim way was just way above his play you know he's not a bad player but no yeah i mean those are guys those are top top level guys i think like you and you're you're hitting on a rounder point which is like the u.s does have these top guys now that are competing at the top level but the goal is to get the whole team that's playing at like to have a full team of guys that are playing at 
like levels. And obviously, Anthony Robinson is a player for phone, but like you, to me, like when you would bring on like Shaq Moore or like this Walker, like this Walker's here and stuff, like stop with the MLS guys. Play guys that that play in Europe. Play guys that play against these players at the top level. Like, stop with the MLS stuff. That's 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 what I have to say. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Also, you know, shout out to Matt Turner, man. He had an incredible yeah, he turn. Great, he's he he's really a, a a great goalie, and you know, today was zero percent his fault. Yeah, um, he had that great sequence with the two saves. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, World Cup still going on. Argentina advanced to the uh, you know round of eight yep, on the back uh, of the quarterfinals. Yeah, Lionel Messi. Crazy that that was his or Ronaldo's first goal in like a quarterfinal. Yeah, in the, or in like, the World or Cup. Like a, yeah, yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 hard, man. And he's still <laughs> the craziest part is that he's still like top ten all time in world. He scored nine goals at the World Cup still. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. <sighs> now moving on to a. Uh, a tougher subject. Big MLB news yesterday. Jacob yeah. DeGrom signing a five-year, $185 million deal with the Texas Rangers. DeGrom obviously had been a Met for life. You know, when healthy, widely considered the best pitcher in baseball. Crazy. I mean, it really. I really thought that Jacob DeGrom would, was going to stay. Um, I think it's clear that he wanted to leave and was going to leave no matter what after, you know, what you hear and Mets didn't really get a chance to match the offer. And it's tough, Um, you know, for the Mets, obviously this is heartbreaking, especially for the fans. I mean, this has been a, you know, it's tough to really picture him pitching as a Texas Ranger. And I mean, to me, like, he's just going to kind of be irrelevant down there. Like uh, it's kind of weird. I mean, your thoughts on Sorry, <laughs> this has been the coat for Mets fans. Oh, he's gonna go down there and win seventy games, huh? But like, I, I, yeah, what, are, what are your thoughts? I feel like I've seen a little bit too much like disrespect from Mets fans on like social media. Like, I don't guy... think there's any disrespect. I think it's just like I think everyone like love. I think they're just like it's like heartbreak. Like, you, it's like your your girlfriend broke up with you. Like, it's just like <laughs> why? Like, what? What? Like, like why are you doing this? Like, this is just like I don't know. To me. And look, he's very rightful for going after the money after that last contract. I know he wasn't happy with it. It didn't really work out his way. You know, he, he's going to go to a spot where the, you know, whatever the income tax or whatever state tax is lower, closer to home, which like, I mean, it's Texas and Florida. To me, that's not like <laughs> right next to each other, but okay. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he, he, he got the best deal for himself. Like the Mets were not going to do five years. I don't think the Mets should have done five years as much as I want to keep him. Like, being like looking at the situation, looking at its history, um, five years at that AAV would have been very risky. And, yeah. you know, the Mets didn't even get a chance to match it. It seemed like their offer was like three for 120. But, you know, Jacob DeGrom will, you know, he's just one of those guys that you would hope would be a Met for life and you'd build a statue for like yeah. next to Seaver. And, yeah, I mean, it, he willingly chose to leave, which I think is, you know, Seaver got traded. Um, you know, he wanted to be in that DeGrom just willingly left, which I think will always, you know, I, I don't think Mets yeah. fans will have any, you know, it, it's just tough because the team right now, you know, you understand he's been through so many like terrible years with the Will Ponds and, you know, had nothing during his, you know, Cy Young seasons. And, you know, now this team's 101 win team, ultimate budget, and, you know, he just leaves. So definitely heartbreaking. Um, crazy though. I mean, 
What are your thoughts on on the Texas Rangers after this move? I mean, they got yeah, you know some good young pitching in the pipeline. But, they do, I mean, they do. Obviously, they have Leader and Kumar coming up, but you know, Kumar and Degrom. If I told you they'd be on the Rangers and not the Mets sometime, I, uh, your face would have been looking yeah. pretty confused. But um, yeah, look, I, I'm happy the guys out of the. I'll start out with my thoughts on Degrom first, but I think I'm happy the guys out of the division. I have. I, you know, I'm so happy the guys out of the division. Of course, we can't we can't escape them because we're opening our series at Globe Life next year. But <laughs> Globe Life next year. But yeah, uh, look, I think that the Rangers are a good path. Like, obviously, they have Bruce Bochy now, but like, I, I, there's a lot. They have a lot of work to do. They have a lot of work to do. Look, they're in a good spot though. They're in a much better spot because I don't know if you remember like the Texas Rangers at this time, like 18 months ago, like. They were in a bad, bad spot. They really were. Yeah. I mean, they're spending a ton of money. They have to because they're the Texas Rangers. But, like, DeGrom will probably suffer some 70 to 80 win seasons, which is not something he's not used to. But, uh, look, they have a lot of young talent coming up. I think it's going to be a little while before they're actually, like, a sustainable playoff team. And I think it sucks that they have to compete against two. I'm going to say two. I'm going to be a little generous to the Seattle Mariners here. Two, I think, future perennial playoff teams. So another trade, by the way, Colton Long is a is a Seattle Mariner now with Jesse yeah. Winger, obviously going back to the Brewers. But yeah, I mean, I think the the Rangers are good. I don't think that they're ready to compete with the top dogs of the AL by any means. But they need a lot. Of, they need a lot more help on the pitching staff. A lot more help, and you have to hope that at least one of those two major guys will will be able to come through for them. Yeah, I mean, this team is uh, very far away from being good, which is you know I think it it's clear that like Jacob Degrom you know, didn't care about winning. That wasn't like one of the, like he didn't, you know, he wasn't focused on getting a ring, which is fine. Like if, if that's, I, I, I'm not going to fault him for taking the most money. Um, yeah. This team is not good. I mean, they're still not good. Like Jacob deGrom, if he gives you a full 32 starts, you're going to be a lot better than you were. But at the end of the day, like who does this team have in the bullpen? Who does this team yeah. have in the rest of the rotate? I mean, they have Martin Perez, but like John Gray, that guy sucks. Like, I mean, that's how I I'm mean, saying. That's like, it. The rest, like you have Seager and and Simeon, but like Simeon kind of already is taking a downturn, and Seager had a good year, but like who else? Adolis Garcia is like pretty good, but like there's just no like there's no one, and it's like you got the pitchers, but like and then like Jace Young, but like who else? It's like there's no one. Like there's per- just personally, I'll always root for them to be bad because of their shitty camera angle at the stadium. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. That's it. When the Phillies played there last year, like you would think it was, it's not only because it's not only the mound, it's like you think a ball is club 600 feet and then it's like a routine flat. Like it's, 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 so- I really, yeah, I really don't like that stadium. I don't think it like looks very, I'm sure like the concourse and stuff is like really nice, but like the actual field is just like weird. I don't really like it to be honest. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, real quick talking about the Mets, I mean, Obviously, they're going to go spend that forty million that they offered him. I would be very, I, I'd be surprised if they didn't end up with a Verlander or a Rodon. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, Verlander and Scherzer in a Mets rotation. If you told me that Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer would be heading a rotation for the Mets, I would have told you that they would be like forty-seven years old and just like, like Will Pond days, like just way out of their prime. But, um. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the Mets have a lot of work to do, obviously. And I think this is good for them that this he was kind of the first domino in the pitching market to fall, which I think is good. It sucks. Obviously, the whole thing sucks. But 
if that's good, at least that like all their other options for the most part are still on the board and that they can pivot to those guys and now, you know, put maybe more intent than they did before. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on the Mets right now and what do you think they I need mean, to do? I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to ask you a question is, would you prefer Rodon or Verlander? Obviously, I understand it's bad, but the only thing about that is it's very risky to have both Verlander and Scherzer, I feel like, on two massive yeah. contracts at the same time. At the same time, so but from speaking from a Mets perspective, who would you rather go with? It's really tough because I think Degrom getting five years means Carlos Rodon's going to be looking for like six, seven I, years, yes. which is like crazy. And I, I, I'd probably rather go with Justin Verlander on like a three-year or two-year deal or something. I'm he's going to get three, so it's going to be three, like a Scherzer deal, I guess. I mean, it's like. Uh, yeah, I, it's like really annoying because it's like Carlos Rodon is a great pitcher, but like he's had a very bad injury history. He's had one and a half good seasons. Not saying that's not going to continue, but giving a guy like that like seven years at like thirty-five million or some crazy AAV is just like I just don't know how I feel about that. I think Justin Verlander. I mean, he just had a Cy Young season. Like at the end of the day, this guy's still pitching at the top of his game. Yeah. Um, I, I think a shorter term deal is probably better. I think right now that the Mets are in a bad spot in terms of starting pitching depth in the minor leagues. Like they really are thin there. And, you know, DeGrom, you know, he marks the end of the five aces era yeah. um, for the Mets. But that was like, they're like, they 2015, like this team just had so much young pitching in the system. And now there's just like, that's the problem. Like there's really no one. And that's when, that's that's their problem right now because you've got Bassett, that's a free agent, Walker, DeGrom just left. So, like, you have all these guys, and they're going to have to sign at least two guys. You really need to sign, like, Verlander, I think. I think – I mean, I, yeah, there's my answer. Like, Justin Verlander, I think, just because of the short term. And I think, like, seven years at a high AV for, like, Rodon is just, like – I don't know. I, I just don't think that's going to be a good idea for the Mets. Yeah, like you said, I, I, I'm in agreement. I think the concerns about Verlander's age are a little overstated, like – I think a lot of people are like just getting a bad. Him and Scherzer are like they're just different, and they're that's what people need. Like it's definitely cons- I don't want to have two forty-year-olds at the top of my rotation, but like these guys are still like when Scher- like Scherzer's playoff start and the Braves start was like disaster, but everything else up to that point was like like incredible, like two ERA. Like this guy's still the Obviously. best, one of the best. No, yeah, sure. And I, I think it's the same thing with Verlander, actually. I think yeah. Verlander, obviously, was pretty freaking good in his last postseason start. I saw it in person, actually. But, like, he was pretty, like, mediocre mediocre yeah. to bad all playoffs long. So, I think it's left a lot. I think of- he was, like, he was definitely still dealing with some injuries. Not trying to make excuses, but, like, he was probably banged up a little bit, which no, is concerning. Most definitely. and I think, But I think it's left a bit bad taste in a lot of people's mouth and, like, this guy is still Justin Merlin at the end of the day. This guy just had his best career season at 39 years. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'd go with Verlander if I ever him. But, like, look, I think, like, I think, like, I don't like this whole notion from Red fans, though, that it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's, like, by the Grom, like, we won't miss you. Like, bro, like, come on. Like, this guy I don't, like, I don't know who's saying. That's, like, like honestly, like, <laughs> It's like there's like this whole section of like Mets Twitter. I'll I'll text you later. I'll, I'll like send you some links later that I was like yeah. seeing last time. But I'm sure it's just like the no, bottom. No. Scrape. I'm yeah. sure I'm just scraping the bottom of the barrel here. But look, I, I think the Mets will be fine because their owner has the deepest pockets. You know, maybe besides obviously the Dodgers owners, and even deeper than that, really. In, in yeah, I think he's, he's, 
But I, I mean, they're I, the same I, tier. They'll both money. they'll both spend whatever it takes. Yeah, exactly. So like, I think they'll never truly be in a bad spot for a while. But like, yeah, it's 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 it. it I think it's just more even like symbolic than anything else that Jacob Degrom is no longer a Met. It's just a pretty crazy thing to think about. I feel like to actually like when he's gonna go out there. I, look, I hope the guy stays healthy, but I. I <laughs> I don't know. Let's see how many, if he can give you, like you said, 32 starts. I think that the Rangers have an interesting year next year, but when's the last time that happened? So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's just like, they're just one of those teams too. Like, um, you know, KFC Barstool, uh, who's a big Mets fan that I I do like, you know, listening to, uh, you know, his podcast and the rest of it. Um, You know, he pointed out like the Texas Rangers, like no one's really like, focusing on them which is what i think Degrom wants like i think Degrom was done with the new york media i think he just wants to be in like a low-key spot he's not getting asked about his injuries he's not getting asked about you know every little thing like i think he just wanted i think jacob Degrom was done with new york i think he was done with the mets um yeah i think he just wanted to move on and, and the, that's that at the end of the day like it is what it is it sucks um i'm gonna miss him it, it, you know I'll always have, you know, tons of memories from Jacob Grom, but got to move on. And the Mets, I mean, to me, this to me is like, okay, now you got to get Brandon Nimmo back, like 100% though. Like, I think like you, you go get Verlander, but you also have to get Nimmo back. Yankees, the Yankees are taking a look at Brandon Nimmo. Well, I think that's like a judge consolation type deal. Um, I'd be, I mean, we're going to, the plan is with winter meetings coming up, we're going to try and do a MLB free agency predictions meeting or meeting predictions <laughs> episode this week. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll definitely be, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of MLB action in this next week or two. Uh, it's already kind of heating up. People are starting to fall. Brian Reynolds requested a trade today. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, um, pirates were kind of like, yeah, no, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll keep you all updated on the latest. We are going to pivot, pirates. though. Poor Pirates fans. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, we're going to pivot to the NFL. Um, week 13 now. Uh, pretty good week of football last week. Yeah. Um, really yeah. quickly, looking at some of the scores. We already talked about Thanksgiving. Um, Mike White, baby. <laughs> Sorry, let me like, let me talk about the Commanders Falcons game just really quickly. Yeah. Like <laughs> the Falcons are just finding new ways to lose, man. They're inventing new ways to lose. The goal line tip interception, just like and look, the commanders are on the way up, but like the that NFC South division, the winner's gonna have like seven wins. That win the winner in that division is gonna finish on like seven wins. That's all I wanted to say. But like <laughs> what a that, that was just a hilarious game to see. But I were you about to talk about the Broncos, the, the awfulness of the Denver Broncos? Though? I mean, we can talk about the Broncos, yeah. I mean, I mean, this the, at this point, like I don't even care to talk about it. like it's just like they suck. They're just really banged up, is also the problem. Um, I mean, they have like league leading number of guys on IR, I think like 15 now. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Like, look, like this team obviously has been hurt by injuries, but at the same time, like they're not performing, but like, look at the guys who are catching passes here, like outside of Cortland Sutton, like it's really bad. So I don't know. Greg um, kind of reminds me, Greg Dulcich kind of reminds me of a young Travis Kelsey. You don't think? Yeah. Um, obviously Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, almost like surely going to be fired at this point. Yeah. He has no idea what he's doing. Just a fish <laughs> out of water. Um, yeah. I mean, Panthers suck. Sam Darnold, good for him. At least getting a win. Deontay um, was a beast. Yeah, he's been playing well. Um, moving on, 
Jets. The Jets, man. Mike White. I mean, what a – it's just such a difference from Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson – I could have told you this two years ago that something like this was going to happen. I mean, I don't want to like, it's just frustrating when you can, the Jets, I mean, you look at the last two quarterbacks they've picked and the guys they could have had. And it's just like, to me, like the first draft, I don't even blame them for taking Darnold, but this one, it's like Justin Fields, like that was like the right pick. That was like, there's just no reason to not take Justin Fields there. And everyone in the over NFL, like started overthinking it. I mean, Imagine the San Francisco 49ers right now with Justin Fields as their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, like and poor obviously Trey Lance, poor Trey Lance has gotten Yeah, he hasn't gotten a chance to prove himself, but it like we don't really know right. what I mean, in the games he's played, it's been eh. but like we still have to see it from him, but like Trey Lance still the jury's still out on him. Yeah, but Justin Fields, I mean, obviously he didn't play this game. You had Trevor Simeon who got hurt, is now out for the season, but it seemed like we would get a Nathan Peterman start, which would have been fun, but uh yeah mike white great game and garrett wilson man like this guy is gonna be a superstar um someone asked me the other day like if you could do the tyree kill trade right now like would you do it and garrett wilson was the pick they had and it was like a very interesting question knowing you'd have to pay tyreek all that money obviously tyreek is sensational but you know it's really interesting. I don't know what what I would do. I think We're talking about Tyreek. Listen, I love Garrett Wilson. I do. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver in this league. But we're talking about cheetah here. We're talking about Tyreek Hill. We're not talking. No, I know, but like it is an interesting thing with the Jets because especially if they're going to have to go spend money on a quarterback, you know, it's it's an interesting what if kind of scenario. But Garrett Wilson's really good. Elijah Moore. It was good to see him get the ball. He was really, you know. Having like, some funny I, uh, comments after the game yeah. about, you know, calling the ball. How, and... does, how does Zach Wilson, like, go back into the locker Does he look any of those guys in the eyes? Because yeah. they're talking about – like, the way that they're talking about him is, like, how, like, the Thunder would even talk about, like, KD after, like, he left. They'd be like, oh, yeah, like, we're having so much more fun in the locker room now. Or, like, whatever. Or, like, when – like, they're talking about him like he's gone. Like, this guy is still in the locker room every week. This guy is still sitting on the sideline. Like, he must not have a single friend on that team because nobody is standing up. Listen, I don't feel bad for him because I think he's kind of a smug asshole. And I think, like, here's the thing. I think if he had certainly – I think almost certainly if he doesn't make that no comment about whether he felt he let the defense out, I think that there's a chance he would have started this game this week. Yeah, and I, think, I think so I th- too. I think he blew a massive opportunity because this is the league's worst defense by a pretty wide margin, the Chicago Bears. He blew a massive opportunity. He really did. Yeah. I think and, he would have played. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I, and look, I, Mike White is, he was great. Listen, nothing, not taking anything away from Mike White. He was fantastic. He was accurate. He he got the ball everywhere. Really and I think the most important thing was that Mike White did this in shitty conditions. Zach Wilson yeah. was playing the win. And Zach, Mike White played in worse weather than Zach Wilson did. So. Okay. That, that that took away his excuse, but I think if Zach Wilson had just taken responsibility, been a leader like a Justin Fields or a Jalen Hurts, then I think, guess what? I, I think he might have started this game, and I think the Chicago Bears defense lets, gives up big games to quarterbacks for fun. I think he had a chance to really save his job, and he blew it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Mike White got the job done, and like you said, like guys like Justin Fields, like Justin Fields, man, I mean, he comes up a lot, uh, you know, but like, you know, you hear the story of him, like, yeah, going like, in the I'm locker sorry. room and being like, "Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. Like that's on me." And he's playing like with you know, a cooked shoulder. Where I love how the coach is like, "Yeah, he's 100 percent good to go," and he has like 
torn ligaments just like everywhere <laughs> in that shoulder right now. It's just like, oh my God, these people are crazy. Um, yeah, the Jets, I mean, they're in a good spot to make the playoffs for the first time in a while. So, um, you know, we'll see. Obviously, this is Mike White's train. And, you know, I, I think Mike White's probably be the quarterback for the rest of the season. And then the Jets are probably going to have to look outside the organization. I mean, I, I just don't think there's any way you can like confidently be like, yeah, Zach Wilson's still our guy um, with what you've seen. I mean, there's just been no improvement. Mike White, I think it was like Zach Wilson in what, like seven games through for four touchdowns. And then Mike White today through in this game through for three, like yeah. big, big difference. And I know it's against the Bears. So we'll see what happens this week, obviously, but just a different offense. Um, oh, imagine if they had Brees Hall and AVT and, and Mackay back then, man. I mean, yeah, and AVT is their best, AVT is their best player. Yeah. And Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams. That guy's like guy. that guy's gonna be in the defensive player of the year conversation. I think Micah Parsons is gonna win it, but that guy is certainly yeah. almost certainly gonna be in deploy conversations. He's he's having a great year. Um, you know, Cleveland Browns, we'll talk about them more um, you know, with their game this week. We'll talk about the Jags real quick and then um Move on. Yeah, I think after this we'll just pivot to uh to the predictions this week. I'm worried about the Ravens. I'll be honest. Like, I think this team is just screwed. Like, I'll be honest. We kind of talked about it last week. Like, this team really does not have the weapons to succeed. And we're seeing that. Like, like look at their leading receivers, man. Josh Oliver, Deshaun Jack, like 35-year-old yeah. Deshaun Jackson. Like, this is bad. Like, these weapons are bad. And, like, this yeah. team can has choked multiple games. Trevor Lawrence, you know, what a performance. Zay yeah, Jones, you know, going off. I mean – you have no ETN for essentially the whole game, and, and Trevor Lawrence goes out. This was probably – this might have been his best performance in the NFL not so even far. Close. Yeah, not even close. Yeah. Not even so, close. Trevor Lawrence. I know you're you're a bigger Trevor guy than me. Uh, I kind of yeah. shit on him last week, so, of course, I, I have to eat my words this week. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what were your thoughts on this one? No, yeah, I thought he was masterful today. I think I was getting a little worried about Trevor there. He is having a really bad stretch of five or six games, and he balled out, man. Like, he was – picking them apart he was perfect for the entire fourth quarter he led two unbelievable drives but like you said i mean the baltimore ravens are in a lot of trouble they're putting far too much stress on lamar jackson for me it's been the case for three years look yeah. lamar jackson is an unreal player he is but he can't be doing he's not capable of doing what he's asked to do i don't think anybody is except I don't think anybody is capable of doing what Lamar Jackson is being asked to do. And he's not playing his best football. And I think it's a result of all this pressure on his shoulders. But look, the Ravens have been devoid of a wider, a real wide receiver since they were four, since the 14 and two year, since the year that they lost to Tennessee at home in the playoffs, they didn't have enough receiving options and they still don't. Mark Andrews is they, great. They had one like good receiver and they traded him. They traded him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they traded him. I mean, look, Rashad Bateman obviously is, you know, it's been just unhealthy and you like, he's like average though. If we're being honest here, I mean, he's just, yeah. I mean, the, like the, he's the, not moving the needle, but yeah, he's, he would be an option at least. The Ravens defense is also more than questionable. They completely collapsed. Obviously Trevor was surgical. He really was, but they, 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 they were terrible. And I think this was a really important game for Jacksonville because I think earlier yeah. in the year, a lot of people were saying, Oh, well, you know, Jacksonville could even make a run at that make a run at that last wild card spot or or something along those lines. But I, they, they were on a downward trend, and I think this was a huge one for Doug Peterson. I think this was a huge 
this is just like this is the win of their season, seeing a game like this from Trevor Lawrence. They needed they yeah. needed to see this once and they did ideally like for him to just keep this up for the rest of the way. But this is what the Jacksonville Jaguars wanted to see. This is what everybody expected to see from Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville, you gotta look at the positives. Obviously, this game, Travis Etienne's been incredible this year. So there is some, you know, some positive. Obviously, there's a, still a lot of work to do. And, you know, the one thing with Jacksonville, I will say, with all those moves they made last offseason, like they're in kind of a rough spot with cap. Um, or they're just not in like they're not going to have, you know, this is a team where you'd want to have the offseason you had last year, that money now. But obviously, you know, you don't. So we'll see. Um, moving on, we'll predict the games for this week. A good amount of teams uh, are on by. So. We're going to start off Packers, Bears, Justin Fields, like we just said, good to go. And Rodgers also going to be playing in this one. Um, who do you got? I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears here. Uh, I think this, I think these team, both teams are both really bad. But I'm going to go – I'm just going to go with the Chicago Soldier Field advantage. Look, I understand that. The owner of the, the the Chicago Bears is coming into town, but he's banged up to say the least. He is not <laughs> Aaron Rodgers of the last two years due, due to those injuries. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna and for that reason, I'm just gonna go with Chicago. Uh, that Packers defense is maybe the worst in the may, 363 yards they allowed on the ground last week. That's like. <laughs> it's like some some fifties and sixties numbers. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I think it's a bad mixture with what the Bears' few strengths. So, I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bears here. I'm gonna go with the Packers. Um, Chicago. They just lost Darnell Mooney for the season. Eddie Jackson, I think, is out for the season now too, or out for like four to six weeks or something like that. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Christian Watson's been playing really well. Aaron Jones had a good game last week. Um, and offensively, like they put up 33 points against the Eagles like this. They, that was a good performance. Um, defensively, it was a disaster, but you're playing the Bears like the Bears are in the Eagles. They're not the same offensively. So I think they'll still be able to find success. Jordan Love, you know, pretty solid performance last week when he got in the game. Um, you know, I, I don't really understand why they don't just put him in at this point. I mean, maybe one more loss and, and they'll pull him. But I don't know. I'd give him a shot at this point. Like you want to see at least what. You know, this guy you picked in the first round has for you. So I don't know. But yeah, I'm going with the Packers. I think the Bears are, uh, you know, terrible outside of Justin Fields, who, you know, somehow brings them, you know, not somehow brings them in games just because of how good he is. But he's also going to be banged up in this one. You know, he's not 100%, despite what the coach may, uh, may be saying. Yeah. Steelers, Falcons. Um, I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. This is a this football team has been playing pretty well recently. Kenny Pickett, um, you know, he's been fine. Um, you know, he, he's kind of just doing what he's doing, and this defense is playing well. And, you know, Atlanta is just – I don't think they're a very good football team. Um, they, they're they just leaning on the run and, you know. Yeah, they need to – Tyler, Tyler Elegier and Cordell Patterson, like, there's nothing special there. I, I, and, a, you know, mediocre line, like, I, I don't know. I, I think this team has messed up getting the ball to Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Obviously, Kyle Pitts out of the season now, but getting the ball to those two guys all season, I, I don't understand why they haven't been giving them the ball more. But, yeah, it's just the system. Mariota's still playing quarterback. 
which to me doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Some of these teams, man, it's just like, like the Steelers, they, they moved on and, and, you know, went to their young quarterback because they knew they were going to be bad. And Atlanta, I, you know, sure you can make the playoffs, but like, come on, like this team sucks. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I mean, I think that Atlanta should not be starting Marcus Mariota at this point. I'm not really sure what they have to gain. Like you said, I think I guess they still think that they're in the NFC South division race, but Marcus Mariota cost them the game. cost them a crucial game last week for both the wild card and the division. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers here too. I think that they're playing with a little bit of momentum. Listen, I understand Kenny Pickett is three, three touchdowns to eight interceptions, but I actually think he's been playing – I actually thought he played pretty well last week personally. Yeah. But, uh, and, yeah, I think they're going to keep up the momentum. I, I just – the Falcons need to start Desmond Ritter, in my opinion. Yeah, just see what he has at this point. I mean, uh, yeah, it's these teams are are just not doing the right thing. Jets Vikings, um, it's gonna be a good game. Jettis versus Sauce should be interesting. Um, I'm gonna go with the Vikings, so I do think they are a better team than the Jets. Um, the, the Jets, you know, running back-wise, James Robinson was inactive. I know last week, and he was upset about that, which is just like the dude's averaging like three yards a carry. He kind of needs to, you know, be quiet. Um, Zonovan Knight looked good, Bam Knight. Uh, but <laughs> Everybody's like, who the hell? All these fantasy people are like, who the hell is Zonovan Knight? He's... Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Jets – I think it's going to be a close game. All Vikings games are, you know, seem to be pretty close, but – yeah, I just think, uh, you know, the way this Vikings team has played, and they've had some big defensive moments, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think Jettis is just unstoppable right now. And Dalvin Cook is, is, you know, he's been playing pretty well too. So, you know, Kevin O'Connell's done a great job. I, I just think Minnesota's a better team than the Jets right now. So, at home, I'll, I'll give the Vikings the win. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings here too, who I actually don't think are that good, but I think it's just going to be a tough – for like a I look Mike White was good last week he really was but I think it's going to be tough for him against like a real NFL defense unfortunately <laughs> Chicago Bears I'm sorry you had to catch a stray there but your defense is beyond awful I mean the whole yeah. the Vikings really only have the only competent defense in the NFC North but yeah I mean I, I'm gonna go with the Vikings here I think it'll be tough for the Jets to plot to win on the road there but like you said I think it'll be really close and I'm you know you know I'll be rooting for your Jets this week to beat them they yeah Give the Eagles a little bit of breathing room at the top of the conference. I think the Vikings are good. I think they got very lucky last week. That Hunter Henny, or on Thursday night, right? No, no, no. Yeah, Thanksgiving. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving messes up your perception of what games happen when. But, yeah, I think they got very lucky on Thanksgiving because I think the Hunter Henry no-touchdown call flipped the momentum of the game, which – was that a catch to you? That looked like a catch to me, personally. I don't know. It was interesting. It was very close, but – you know, I think I'm always like, happy to see the Patriots get screwed yeah, over. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the Vikings here. I hope they lose, though. <laughs> Jags, Lions. Jamison Williams might play. He was activated off, uh, yes, you was. know, IR today. So that's going to be very interesting. I'm sure he's going to be pretty limited. But um, regardless, I mean, the Detroit Lions got a, a lot of good young players to be really excited about. And I'm going to pick them this week. This team, you know, they lost to Buffalo on Thanksgiving. They've had a lot of time off now. Um, I think this team has been playing really well. I mean, they won the last three games before. Really close game with Buffalo. Offensively, Amon Ross St. Brown has been incredible. Jared Goff, honestly, like, people hate on this guy, but he's been getting the job done. Like, 
Jared Goff has not been too bad for them. Defensively, Aiden Hutchinson just won Rookie of the Month. Um, yeah, I really do think this Detroit team is on the up and up. And I, I think, you know, good week for Jacksonville last week. We'll see if they can build on it. And uh, But, yeah, I'm going to take the Lions at home. I think this team's just feisty. And, yeah, I, I like him. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions here as well. Think that they're the, well, we know what that means, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I think that they're gonna lose, but uh, I actually think that they're not that bad of a team to be honest. They gave the Bills a really good game last week, yeah. They had a really unlucky, they really got, got lucky to uh, unlucky to lose that game, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Lions over the Jaguars here. Uh, I think that these two teams are actually in pretty similar stages of where they are. I think the Lions have a little bit more pieces. They can run the ball really effectively. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the with the Lions here. Lions in a really good spot, too, with that Rams pick. I mean, yes. they are – that's yeah. going to be, like, top three pick probably. Yeah. That's why Stafford shut down. Yeah. I mean, all their guys are basically shut down. Like, Donald, we might not see again. Yeah. yeah. Cup, obviously, not going to play again. Yeah, he's done. Stafford's done. This is going to be a good game. Titans-Eagles, I mean – to me, this is just like, what's Derrick Henry going to do in this game? Like, if they shut down Derrick Henry, it should be an e- easy Eagles win. A bad loss last week for Tennessee against the Bengals, though. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm assuming you're going to pick the Birds, but what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Birds here. Jordan Davis being back is absolutely massive for this. Like, apps. I can't overstate the importance of Jordan Davis being back. The Eagles have had, you know, a big weakness over the past few weeks. It's been there. Their run defense, obviously, ever since the big guy went out, it's come crashing down. It's really been sure that, obviously, with the additions of Limbaugh, Joseph, and Dominic and Sue. But, uh, yeah, I think Jordan Davis coming back is really, like, the key addition. He's obviously was activated off IR today. He'll be back tomorrow. He's been a full participant in practice. Uh, I'm excited for him to be back. And our offense has just been – it was just clicking last week. Like, Jalen Hurts is – I never thought that this guy would become this good. Like, I thought, like, I thought he would take a step forward this year, but this guy has just become – an absolute monster of a quarterback who like he carries us at times, which is absolutely wild to say. I think the Titans are a good team. They play up to their competition all the time. They gave the chiefs a really tough battle a couple weeks ago. Uh, But I just, because of that addition of Jordan Davis back help helping to shore up their run defense against the King. I'm going to be, I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I'm going to go with the Titans. I, I don't think they lose back to back. Um. Yeah, I, I think this team is just. I've said it before. I mean, they're they're just so well coached. I think Derek Henry. I think I think Vrabel is an argument for best coach in the NFL right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. The the fact that this team. I mean, you look at their roster and it's just like you you underestimate them every year and then every year they're at the top. Yeah, of every the year division, they're in top four, of the right? league. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, really, it, it just shows it. It's a testament to Mike Vrabel. Obviously, the you you know Derrick Henry really helps, but like Mike Vrabel does an incredible job. Everyone buys into it. I think this gonna be a really good game. This isn't discrediting the Eagles. I think this is just one of those games where Titans just have a good game plan. They're gonna fight hard, and you know one little mistake from Jalen Hurts might do it in this one. So I'm gonna go with the Titans. Um, should be a very good game though. Eagles at home. It's tough to bet against, but I don't know. Try and spice it up a bit, and you know. I just like the way the Titans have been playing. This one's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Season debut of Deshaun Watson yeah. in Houston. 
this game the... is a lot more. This game is a lot, a lot more than football. They're gonna be. Oh a yeah, ton they, of emotions. Ten of the accusers of Deshaun Watson will be oh, at the yeah. game, which to me yeah. is very interesting. I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. It, it a little weird, but. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I'll start out with the actual football part of this game, but I, I think the Browns obviously win because the Texans don't really have a quarterback, to be honest. So, but, like, yeah, I mean, they're going to lose. They're going to pick Bryce Young with the first overall pick this year would be my guess. Um, would you would you agree with that, that that's probably the Texans' likely course of action? Yeah, unless C.J. Stroud goes out and just has a killer uh, playoff and they win the national championship because he's just, like, on another level. Well, th- what they would really like to do is pick Will Anderson, get the number one pick again next year, and then pick Caleb Williams. But it's it's so hard to guarantee that you're going to be the worst team in the NFL two years in a row, really. Unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course. <laughs> Have we heard anything about Trayvon Walker? He had, I think, like a pick the first week, and that was about it. Yeah. Like, have we heard anything about this guy? Aiden Hutchinson has obviously been a beast, but um, it, it, they he, messed that pick up. I mean, to, I would have taken. I would have taken. I know he's been. A little banged up and not there, but I, I, I still might have taken Cave on up there. But like, who was? But look, I think the Browns are in an interesting spot because that one last week, like, they're still in position. I'm just gonna whisper, but they're still in position to sneak into the playoffs here. They are like, and I. What's I, their schedule rest of the year? Let's see. Texans, Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, Steelers. I mean, yeah. realistically, like, yeah, I they mean, should win four of those games. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the game in the bang. Yeah, no, and I, they've kind of owned the Bengals the last few years. Yeah, so that would take them to eight and nine. I don't know if that would get them in if they if they won four games. Yeah, probably not. So they probably need to go. They probably need to go like five and one the rest of the way to have a chance. Wait, I don't. No, yeah, if they win five games, maybe. Yeah, but look, I'm gonna go with the with the Cleveland Browns here. Storyline's yeah. about number the storyline is about number four, Deshaun Watson tomorrow. So we'll see how he plays. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's just like Griffin said when the suspension came down. Couldn't be any more perfect for the National Football League. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean look for the Browns, like and Deshaun, this is the perfect this is the team you want to play against week one. I mean, or the first game he's going to start, like this is just like a warm up almost for him, which is huge. Um, you know, that he doesn't kind of have to dive right into a, a really challenging test. Obviously I think there's going to be some growing pains here. This guy hasn't played in two years. Obviously the Browns are going to win this game and the Browns offensively with Jacoby Brissett have been one of the best offenses in the NFL. Jacoby Brissett, like, probably earned himself a starting job on like a bad team next year. Like he played very well for this Browns team. Just as their defense is just absolutely atrocious. I don't really know how Joe Woods still has a job. Um, I mean, this, this defense has been bad and has been choking leads for like years now. And, and yeah, I, I don't really know what is going on, but they, their defense is a disaster. Um, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Obviously, you know, it's enticing with Deshaun. We'll see how this offense is. Um, but Jacoby Brissett was playing pretty well. So we'll see what Deshaun does. Obviously, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, it's a run first offense at the end of the day, even with Deshaun, I think. So Browns are going to win this game. It'll be very interesting to see how Watson plays, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Commanders, Giants. I'm going to pick the Washington Commanders here. Um, the New York Giants have just not been falling apart, but 
but falling you know <laughs> yeah like they've just kind of come back down to reality i think um yeah commanders are playing well man they're beating every team that they play um taylor hennecke gets the job done this defense has been playing really well uh brian robinson running really hard wearing his big hats so um it's been fun to watch so yeah i'm gonna pick the commanders the giants are just yeah i, I don't know like they're having a really good year. Brian Dable's an incredible coach, but uh, I don't know. Their roster still has some work to do, and obviously there's a huge question at quarterback, um, you know, with the future, what they're going to do, because they're not going to be in the spot to draft one of the top two guys, and, you know, there's a bunch of other guys, but what do you do? Do you try and go for, like, a veteran quarterback? It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Um, but I'm picking the commanders here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Commanders as well here. I think the Giants have the potential to, like, really snowball and lose. Like, look at their schedule really quickly because I think they have the, I think that the Giants have the potential. They to have play. a tough schedule, yeah. They play, I think – Yeah, they play us. You twice, the Vikings, Commanders twice, and Colts. Yeah, so I think that there's a chance that this team wins, like, one more game than the rest of the year. I think that they're about to – really like snowball. I think this is going to about to mark the end for Daniel. Listen, I don't mean to be negative about the giants because like, even as an NFC East rival, the Giants. No, this season was a win, no matter what happens. The giants have had a great year, but I think the commanders are a more playoff ready team. I think they're more like the commanders that a lot of people said that we were going to get at the beginning of the year where they, you know, they could compete for a wildcard fight. And they're about to be eight and five after this week, which is wild. I'm just going to take one more parting shot at Carson Wentz. The guy is cancerous. It's, I understand that Heineke hasn't even been that much better than Wentz. But nobody wants to look to him as their leader. Nobody yeah. sees him as a leader. No playoff team. No gr- like it, it's three teams now where this has happened, where they've been shitty with like whatever. I mean, it's not an ex- it's not a coincidence that this is the third season out of a six season career for Carson Wentz, where he's been replaced and his team improves. Like. I mean, obviously, in 2017, the limbo. I can't say the team improved, but the level was maintained. But yeah, the Washington Commanders obviously getting Chase Young back. Their defense is actually starting. The problem with the Commanders is that everybody expected their defense to be unbelievable uh, before the 2021 season. Jack Del Rio obviously had a lot of growing pains coordinating that defense, but they've been pretty pretty excellent since since this winning streak started. So. Yeah, I mean the, the Washington Commanders are are in a good spot, and I I they'll I think that they'll be firmly in playoff position by the end of the year. Yeah, they'll be in the playoffs. Um, yeah, they're a solid team. Broncos, Ravens. I mean, I, I'm not even going to spend really any time breaking this down. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, yeah. Broncos are just screwed at this point. And you know, real quick, I mean, the stories about like Russell Wilson's like birthday party, like half the team showed up, like. I think that was kind of ridiculous that that started being like a bad even, thing. Like that's, I don't even think that's like, like half the team is like, like that's not. So I think that, I think there's something very interesting with Russell Wilson going on right now. I think a lot of people like I think that there was such a small section of people pointing out like his corny antics, like for lack of a better, like his corny antics over there, like the let's ride thing, and then it sort of got to like a more mainstream population, if that makes sense. And now they're yeah. just, just like overdone and like overused, like. I don't know if I bring in. I don't think Russ is as bad as he's been showing this year. Yeah, I think that they'll be better next year with a competent NFL head coach. But they're massively screwed. They are Russell Wilson. I think will be an average quarterback. I don't think he's this bad. But like, and you don't. They traded away their all of their draft capital, all and all of their cap space for an average quarterback. At the end of the day, like they're in a bad spot. 
but yeah, like you said, I think that there's this massive overcorrection going on, especially from not even like an ESPN, but like a, a Bleacher Report will will post this like these stupid this stupid shit for like an, an example. And look, I've always been one to you know make fun of Russ over the years, but I think it's sort of like I think it's a little overdone at this point. Yeah, he's getting like crucified. I mean, it's kind of it's almost sad to see like I do feel bad for the guy I mean I think there's definitely some stuff that's come out where like it doesn't seem like he's the best teammate it definitely seemed like there's a lot of stuff out there but yeah this guy's getting a lot of hate that's probably not you know fully deserved but yeah you're picking the Ravens I assume yeah 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 the Ravens yeah yeah Dolphins 49ers I like I'm gonna be honest like I've even with the Dolphins in this division like I really enjoy Mike McDaniel I mean he might be my favorite person on planet earth. Like this guy is just like, <laughs> like every clip that comes out every week, is just like incredible. Like this guy is quickly becoming one of the best co- head coaches in the NFL. I mean, him and him and Kevin O'Connell, like instantly top 10 coaches in the NFL, in my opinion. I mean, I think McDaniel probably above, I mean, McDaniel's just a, a great guy and it's going to be interesting. His homecoming this week. This is a, this is a game, man. Dolphins sorting that. This is a game. What are your thoughts? I'm going to go with the Dolphins here. I think that they have been, well, also because I want the 49ers to keep losing. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, look, I, the, the, the Niners have obviously been on fire. I think that the Dolphins, but the Dolphins, I think, I think that the Dolphins have a claim to the best team in the AFC. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, I still think that personally the Chiefs and the Bills are, are better than them. Um, but look, Tua is a different player. I was unconvinced the first few weeks of the year, but this guy is truly an excellent quarterback. And, you know, those rumors about Brian Flores hampering his development look look to be accurate and obviously helps that he's working with what looks to be a little bit of, you know, you know, a, a, genius. a genius. Yeah. <laughs> a genius of the Shanahan, uh, Shanahan tree. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins here. Helen Waddle are tough to stop. Jeff Wilson Jr. scored a touchdown in his last like four, every one of his last, or uh, since homecoming for Jeff Wilson Jr. Let me start out with who's scored every game since he's been a dolphin. So yeah, I mean, I look, this is going to be a battle. I think that these are two of the top five teams in the NFL, but yeah, I'm going to go with the dolphins here in the McDaniel and Jeff Wilson homecoming. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like Tua last year, and most, like, sorry, both, both dolphins running backs have a homecoming. Most might is he out or is he, playing? No, I, think, I think he's going to end up, uh, is he going to end up playing? I don't I think keeping him questionable to like the very last minute. Regardless, I mean, yeah, Tua, like, I was, you know, saying this guy was a bust last year, and, like, I, you know, this guy's incredible. Like, he's it, – it's, like, almost like you got to start talking about, like, where he stands compared to Herbert now. I mean, it's pretty interesting. Like, I still would probably choose Herbert, but, like, Tua's, like, really made a stride. And it's, you know, so happy for him, especially all that he's gone through this year with the concussion disaster. Um, I mean, like you said, like, Mike McDaniel – you know, Brian Flores, when everyone, when the Dolphins fired him, everyone was like, oh my God, that's like terrible. Like, Brian Flores, you know, he's a pretty good coach, but Mike McDaniel is just a difference maker. I mean, he is truly an incredible coach. But that being said, I'm going to take the 49ers here. Um, I think this team, I mean, they haven't given up a point in their last four games in the second half. I mean, that's just incredible. And like, you look at their offense, they had a bad game last week offensively. But like Kittle, Debo, Jimmy, Kittle, Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, like, and then you look on their defense and like Nick Bosa in the deep point conversation is right there. I mean, it's crazy how good this team is. 
Um, yeah. It's just like crazy to think about them with like a like elite quarterback too. Um, but Jimmy D gets the job done, man. And uh, you know, this give me a really good game. I'm 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 definitely excited for this. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the 49ers here. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's always good to have us disagree. It's always good to never get to go the same on. Yeah. Side. Yeah. Uh, uh, Seahawks Rams here. Uh, the Rams are, the Rams are in a tough spot. Uh, oh, they're screwed. When I'm in a tough spot, they're going to lose every game for the rest of the season. And then their draft pick is going to go to the Lions. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just crazy with this team. I they talked about it last week on the pod that they wanted Brian Burns and DJ Moore. And they they might even finish with the they might even finish with the worst record than the Panthers. Funny enough, but this has got to be the worst like Super Bowl to next year ever, right? Yeah, I mean the Eagles were bad, but at least they made the playoffs and got to the divisional round. No, uh, this team's gonna win. What are they? Three wins right now? Like they're gonna? They're I think gonna... they're gonna finish on three wins too. Rob, they might be three and fourteen this season. Yeah, which is which is unbelievable. I mean, the the Lions <laughs> might have the number one pick, and it might not even be theirs. But. Uh... <laughs> Oh my god! Imagine they get like Bryce Young and <laughs> yeah, oh, and then they're gonna have like Bryce Young and then but yeah, god I, knows. I think that they're just uh, you know it's been the team in the NFL all year long. There there are just a lot of average to bad teams. I think the Seahawks are pretty average. Look, I think Geno has actually been quite. Geno's been been great. He really has been yeah. he, against the Raiders. I obviously turned the ball over a couple times, but I still thought. He had a he had a very good game. Tough loss versus the Raiders last week. I mean, the Seahawks had some trouble closing close games, but I, I'm going to take him here. And you know, the Seahawks, Seahawks 49ers division title race towards the, you know towards the end of the year is going to get interesting. I mean, the Seahawks loss really hurt them last week, but I, I think that they should. That look, they're going. It's going to. It might be a little tough for them to get in the playoffs, but it looks like that that went over the Giants, and I think it's going to end up really helping them because it could be Seahawks Giants for that last wild card spot. Yeah, Seattle definitely going to win this week. Now to an AFC West showdown, Chargers Raiders. Um, interesting game. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with the Raiders here. To be honest, um, they're playing much better offensively. Josh Jacobs is just different, man. Um, this guy's gonna get paid in the offseason. If it's not by the Raiders, it's gonna be some by someone. I mean, he's Josh McDaniels. As bad as the head coaches, he is the one good thing that he's really done is he's unlocked Josh Jacobs, and this man is a baller. Um, Devontae Adams finally starting to get the ball on a more consistent uh, yeah, level. It's been a fantasy uh, monster these lab this last month. I'll tell you. Look, this guy is Devontae <laughs> Adams has been, you know, he's still he's still Devontae Adams. He's reminding yeah. people that he's still he's still a top three. And Derek guy. Carr has been, you know, he's been it's been a tough year for him. I mean, he's been definitely emotional about things. There definitely seems to be some, you know, weird stuff going on in the locker room. This defense isn't great, but I'm gonna pick him here. I, Chargers at least are getting healthier. They had a, that was a big win for them last week against the Cardinals, who the Cardinals are, are just yeah, they're a disaster. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, you would think at this point he's going to have to get fired. Um, Kyler is just like this guy's. A he mess. needs. I, yeah, Kingsbury needs to go though. I think he's really like I've been saying it for two years now that Cliff Kingsbury needs to be fired. I mean, I think that was one of the best. Um, Post game quotes I've heard in a while, and they are asking him about the what whatever play it was, and he's just like, Schemes "Yeah, fucked. schematically, we're we were kind of fucked." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, but yeah, I'm gonna go. With the, I'm gonna go with the Raiders here as well, Griff. I mean, I think that they've been playing some really solid football over the past few weeks. Josh Jacobs obviously has been one of the best players in all of, in all of football over the past few weeks. 
Um, look, I, I think that they're sort of finding themselves a little bit. I don't think they're ever as bad as their two and seven record said. Yeah, they, they got the Chargers at home. I think that this game will be frighteningly close, as all games between the Chargers and Raiders are. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Raiders here. Yep, yeah, that rematch. I didn't even think about that rematch God, of uh, that crazy week. Maybe the craziest, game maybe the craziest football game, I regular season football game I've ever watched. Yeah, I mean, the, the stretch of that to the Chiefs-Bills divisional game was yeah. just like, no, that whole stretch of football was just crazy because that yeah. divisional week was all game winners. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like, yeah, that was the peak. That was like the peak of NFL football that we may uh, ever watch, that little stretch. I mean, honestly. Um, Chiefs-Bengals rematch of that AFC championship game and, you know, that I think it was, what, week 17 last year where Jamar Chase went for – like 255, three tutties. Yeah. Yeah, He'll yeah, be yeah. back this week. One in the same game. Yeah. I'm not picking against Mahomes, so I'm going with the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey is, is a different breed, man. This guy is uh like, yeah. He's he's different. Uh and he'll it's have almost, another good game. Can't pick against Mahomes. Just can't I'm gonna be honest, like this is pretty crazy to me, but this might be like the best version of the Chiefs I've seen. Like out of out of all of these teams, like I think this one might have the strong the, the strong the Super Bowl team is obviously unbelievable but like i think this team is might have like the strongest defense out of all the all out of all like the she all out of all like mahomes reed teams like this it's team still is, bad though the defense still has like bottom ranked that's funny like this team yeah, is just like, like but like they can't play they, they've never been able to play defense i know but they in the weird spots they always get the job done yeah, like, right, right, yeah. just gets it done it's yeah, weird yeah, yeah but yeah i'm gonna go with the chiefs like Patrick Mahomes, I love I love myself some some number one in Philadelphia, but I Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of, Na- of the National Football League. He's the best quarterback in football. He's the best player in football. He's one of the best of all time. So if anybody disagrees with that, I mean, I think you're still, I just think you're still living in the past, to be honest. But this is a guy who's I, like you said, I'm not betting against him. And Travis, the connection him and Kelsey have is just magical. It really is. It's yeah. it's really getting to that Brady Gronk level uh, almost. I mean, not quite there, but. That Pat, Patrick and, and Travis are just unbelievable together. And look, uh, the sense this is not a slight to the Cincinnati Bengals at all, who I think are going to be real trouble come playoff time. Because look, this is a team that's won three in a row, right? This is a team Joe Burrow has found his footing, and the biggest benefit for them is that their offensive line has been much better over the past month. You know, they spent a ton of money there this offseason. Everybody's saying, we, including us, are saying, oh well, it didn't even when the when the Bengals were initially struggling. That we were like, yeah, this they didn't even get better. Like that they, they spent a ton of money and they didn't even get better over the past month. They're showing why they spend so much money. I think the Bengals are in a good spot, but uh, like you said, I, I can't bat against number fifteen. So I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here. Colts Cowboys. I think it's gonna be a blowout. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Um, defensively, they're That's a Sunday night game, man. Come on. Yeah, it, I Dolphins 49ers. Like, I'm. Is this the Fox game of the week? No, it's I not. Like it's it's an 05 and not 25. Uh-huh. So, also I an mean, AFC team on the road, which means it's a CBS sports game. So, is that Jim Nance or no? Yeah, you would imagine. I mean, yeah, where else would Nance maybe there. Titans Eagles? He would be. Yeah, they uh, could be there too. Nah, man. Well, uh, Titans, I think uh, the Fox number one team, the Fox number one team is on the Titans Eagles game. Okay. So, yeah. interesting. It's weird because so, they, get, they, they give like a certain number of. Fox like games to Fox even when AFC teams are on the road. It's weird. Shoot him out. Let me see. If... No, this is on Fox. Wait, the with the which game? This game is on Fox. Yeah. Oh. Let's see the broadcast. What's it? 
But I'm t- I, Burkhart and Olsen I know. Um, are, I think Burkhart and Olsen I know are on the Eagles game. Oh wait, it's like Chiefs Bengals that uh Jim Nance is on. We're stupid. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. And then and the game even, of the week, I think, is just some weird. It's a Chargers Raiders, probably right. Yeah, something like that. Oh no, that's CBS. A, and that means, is it the Seahawks? Yeah. Well, they could just put the game of the week at one o'clock. I mean. Honestly, I feel like, oh no, I think the game of the week is Titans Eagles. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Because the number one broadcaster is on it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, CBS the, is doing probably Chiefs Bengals. Okay. Sorry for the little delay, but yes, Cowboys um, should kill the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, too. Jeff Saturday uh, just looks like uh, a fish Saturday. out of water. Get, out here. Get Jeff Saturday out of here. He lost in the game. It's not even like his fault, man. Like, no, it's, it's just not, like, but get, him, but get him out of here. It's It's sad. Colts are just turning into a disaster. I mean, these last few years, it's just... They expended expended all their energy on giving the Eagles a fight, clearly. (laughs) But yeah. Saints-Bucks. I assume you're going Cowboys? Yeah, yeah, I'm going Cowboys here. Yeah, Saints-Bucks. I really don't understand why Andy Dalton is still the quarterback. I I know Jameis isn't, like, all that, but, like, he's better than Andy Dalton. I mean... I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna go with the Bucks, but like the Bucks have been just playing terrible. Yeah, they, I mean, this is like crazy. I mean, the Bucks at this point are like I never want to doubt Brady, but it's just like they're terrible. I mean, that loss last week was terrible. And he's got all his weapons. He's got Godwin there, he's got Evans, he's got you know, Rashad White played pretty well last week and their loss to the Steelers is like one of the most atrocious football losses. I'm sorry, I know this is like a month ago, but their loss to the they're Steelers. They're just bad. They're just bad. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and the Saints always do have the Bucks number, but like, I don't know. I, I just can't pick the Saints here. The Saints have just been terrible, but maybe they'll win this game. I mean, they probably will, honestly. Monday night in Tampa, seems like Marshawn Lattimore is going to get two picks if he plays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the Bucks here, though. Uh, listen, pardon me saying that because I'm rooting for them hard because I'm just rooting for the Saints to lose every single game. The Saints traded or they're picked us. <laughs> What are they doing? For Trevor Penning, right? Or was that for Olave? For Olave. But, like, you're not – you don't trade your first-round pick when you – like, this is what happens, though, when you have, like, the the decision-makers leave the organization. Like, you have guys who think that the the organization is just in a position that it's not. Like, they're, they're just not there. The Saints were never there. Both of these teams are really bad. The AFC or the NFC South, excuse me, as a whole is just god awful. It's up there with some of those NFC East divisions of years past, to be honest with you. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 they are both both of those teams are bad. But I think that you know the Saints are truly atrocious, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they can't they don't get the ball in the hands of their best player. It's like they they even well he did fumble twice last twice week. twice yeah yeah. <laughs> But I still, I still don't think that like uh, the past few weeks he had one massive game. He has like one massive game the whole season. Yeah, seems like you're a disgruntled Alvin Kamara fantasy owner. <laughs> I would have been if I didn't trade him for Travis Kelsey like six weeks. Ago. <laughs> um, yeah, NFL. I mean, it's it's interesting times. Definitely going to start looking at the playoff picture. But crazy week for sports. Obviously, stay tuned. We're hopefully going to come out with an MLB free agency prediction episode this week um predict you know people are thinking Aaron Judge might sign this week you know DeGrom's DeGrom just dropped all of a sudden so it's just like anything anything can happen man 
the shortstop, shortstop market. I mean, I think Trey Turner will be a Philly, but he's had some meetings with the Padres. Yeah, the but Padres, that doesn't yeah. makes that doesn't even make sense. Padre. Why would he want to go back there? They traded him. And they also have Fernando Tatis, the biggest yeah. cheater in the game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys so much for watching this episode. Uh, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at Outside the Arena there. Uh, check us out on our Instagrams. So that will be in the description. Happy to be back. We'll be back next week and hopefully during the week as well. So stay tuned. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching this episode of Outside the Arena.